Amen and hallelujah. Remember what hallelujah is? It's the it's a Hebrew word. Uh, it's, it's become a universal term all around the all around the world for praise God. That's what it means. And we have the privilege of coming together like this on Father's Day and praising our Heavenly Father for all that He's done for us. Welcome back, Lex. So great to see you, brother. Sorry to do that to you. Um, it's, sometimes you haven't seen somebody in a while. You just got to tell them. Anyway, um, Lex was back from Haiti safely, and praise God for that. Um, turning your Bibles to Luke chapter 12. It is Father's Day, and I am so excited to uh, share this um, parable of Jesus uh, with you dads this morning. And remember, this is never only on Father's Day for the dads. This is for everybody who has ever had a dad, okay? That's all of us. That's what that's supposed to mean. All right. Luke chapter 12. And uh, dads, aren't you thankful for your kids this morning? Praise God for our kids. Um, what a blessing to have them. And praise God for our grandkids. Um, I didn't do the children's message from up here, so you didn't get to see my socks very well. But uh, it's a new edition of my girls. Um, and uh, again, because my feet are larger than those socks were meant for, you know, you can't see them that well because they're stretched completely out. But anyway, it's my, my granddaughters. I praise God for them. Luke chapter 12. A parable of Jesus, um, starting with verse 16. And remember what a parable is. It's not a, this is not a true story. Even though it's in the Bible, and I believe that everything in the Bible is true, this story is a fictitious story told by Jesus. He, he knew, as he, explained, as, he, as he was teaching, he knew that the people that he was talking to knew that this wasn't a true story. But it's a story to, to tell that he was going to use to teach a point. And it's also a story, and always remember this about the parables of Jesus, it's also a story of judgment. Remember that. That's the, only, that's the reason he used parables. A lot of people think, oh, Jesus was a great storyteller. That's why he used parables in his teaching. That wasn't it at all. He used parables to judge Israel. They... They were so disobedient and so much rebellion against God that when, when the Messiah came, one of his instruments of judgment, even though his primary purpose in coming the first time wasn't to judge them, but was to save them, he was, he was using parables to show them the depths of their depravity and the depths of their rebellion against him, to point him to them, to their need for him. But that's why he did this. And so here we have one of these parables in verse 16. And he told them this parable, the ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. 
then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself but is not rich toward God. Wow. What a statement. You fool, he said. Now, Father's Day, what's that got to do with Father's Day? A lot, I hope. Fathers, and thank you for being here this morning. You want to prepare your kids. You want to get them ready for what they're going to have to face. You work hard at it. You, you think about it. Some of you are, you know, and, and all of us do it differently. But, you know, some of you, yeah, I, I love hearing the creative ways that, that you fathers do your fathering, trying to prepare your kids. But the, 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 one of the missing ingredients in father's preparation for their children is the fathers helping their kids be prepared for the longest stage of their life. When I was in third grade, um, I competed in our, in our school's um, field day. And back in those days, field day was track and field day, okay? That's what we did. And so we did events, you know, running events and jumping events and all this kind of thing. And I got my first trophy when I was in third grade, 1968 field day, because I, it said on there, Concord Eastside track champ. Okay? So, yes. It's, it's fine. Go ahead. Yeah. Feel free. Um, my dad was a track champ. He, still, he had a trophy from winning his county track meet in the, in the high jump. So when I got this, this is my first trophy. I'm thinking, I am... I am being just like my dad. But my dad, although he prepared me for that, my dad wasn't satisfied to just get me ready for the third grade field day. He did get me ready for it. Not by any specific workouts or anything like that, but just in general. He, as, as, because he was an athlete, he was teaching me also to be an athlete and my, and my older brother. And, and so I was just picking it up from him and doing the things that he did and, and, and watching him and learning from him and all those kind of things. And he was preparing me for that day. But if my dad's goal in life was to prepare, prepare me for the third grade field day, and then that, I, I got the trophy, what more can I do? And that's it. Would you think, now there's a good dad. No. You'd think there's a good dad if he did that, but then he also continues to build on that and prepares him for Lots of other more important things, like working for a living, or marriage, or raising kids yourself, or all these kind of things. And, and some of those activities that he was preparing me for, because he is that kind of dad, and was doing those kinds of things, some of those things that he was preparing me for lasted a lot longer than third, day, third grade field day. Yeah, that was a couple of hours a glorious couple of hours on my head, but it was you know, just a couple of hours. But some of the stuff he was preparing me for 
lasts a long time. You know, just a couple weeks ago, Sherry and I celebrated our 40th wedding anniversary, which is mind-blowing to me. I'm not even that old. How can I have been married that long? But he was preparing me for that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I had the kind of relationship with my dad, or I should say he had the kind of relationship with me, that I could ask him, and I still can anything I want to. And that was, that was part of his plan, part of the way he prepares. And I, I've asked him so many things about marriage, and did before I was married, have since, and, and about a lot of other things as well. But, but he was preparing me for a long period of life, 40 years, a long time, and plus, it's 40 plus now. It's a long time. Preparing me to be, a, to be a man who worked for a living. And I've been doing that for a long time, if you call this work. The long, we, dads, if you're going to be a successful dad, you need to prepare your kids for the long phases of life. But the most forgotten long phase of life is the longest phase. It's the phase that the guy in the parable never even gave a thought to that we know of. The phase of life called after this life. Death. What starts with our death. And then last, if we are believers in Jesus Christ, last for all eternity. And for a dad to not be conscious of that would be as bad, even though you've done great in every other aspect, got their college scholarship, or they made it through college, or they got a job, and they got married, and they're, 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 on their, they're off your payroll. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Okay, I'm done. That's, all I, that's it. That's what I was working for. You did all these great things, got them ready. Even... There are even fathers and, and, and mothers now themselves, your grandfather. You did great. You got them ready. But if you only concerned yourself with those things, that would have been like my dad being satisfied with third grade track, track champ. That's how minuscule this world is and the time of this world and the phases of this life in this world are compared to where we're going and what we're going to be doing. So dads, when you read this parable, think today of this rich man, this this successful farmer, think of him as your son. You prepared him for this. And the world would have said, you did a great job, dad. You raised a great farmer. This guy can get it done. And in that culture, being a great farmer was a great thing. It is in our culture as well. Nothing wrong with being a successful farmer. But this guy's dad, we don't know. Again, this is a story, so he didn't really have a dad. And I'm you know, building a lot onto the story. This guy's dad did not do a great job. Somehow this guy got through life. He got through his childhood, got through his adolescence, got through his early career as a farmer. He got through all that 
thinking that this world is all there is. And his job, his goal, was to get to the point where finally he wouldn't have to do all that work anymore. He could take it easy and live a little bit. And you're thinking, and so what's wrong with that? Nothing, necessarily. Unless you have this guy's attitude. Then there's everything wrong with that. This guy's dad should have, taught, should have told him that the day was coming that happened when his life was demanded of him. Somebody should have told him, and if anybody should have told him, it was his dad. Son, you need to be ready for when the Lord calls you home. That would have been a good statement for that dad to make. From infancy. That's how long that's when that's when Timothy's mom and grandma started on this. The Israelites were commanded in Deuteronomy chapter 6. We won't turn to it right now. They were commanded to teach children the word of God. Why? Because eternity is a long time. And those Israelite parents had the responsibility of getting their kids ready for it. Just like we do. So dads, remember in your preparation of your children for everything, and that's and that covers a lot of territory. And remember, you, you can't prepare them in detail for every step of the way. You're preparing them in general with the general knowledge and the and the general idea of the kind of attitude that it takes to be successful. But also, you need to remember to include in your training from the earliest moments all the way through. And remember, this training never ends until one of you dies. My, my dad's still dad. My dad's still training. My dad's opinion still counts. He's still got ideas, good things for me to think about in the process. Dads, remember to train your children about eternity. There was nothing wrong with this farmer having a good year. It's a great thing. But you notice immediately a missing ingredient in that in his first response to the great year, don't you? No mention, no mention, no thought of who put together the chemistry of that seed. Think about that. And that if you put it in soil and it gets the right amount of sunshine and water and other nutrients, that it's actually going to grow something else other than what it is and produce many of those things that it is. It's amazing. Sharon and I have embarked on some husbandry. And uh, we had our first two green beans yesterday. <laughs> and tomato, yeah, you can clap. They were good. Not, not, it takes more than two to really. So we included them in the beans that came from Jean and Stu. They gave us a, a larger 
portion. Their, their farm's a little bit more successful than ours. At this point, all right, this is, we're just getting this thing rolling. But we could tell the difference. They were a little different, different color, so I, I isolated mine to make sure I knew what ours tasted like too. It's an amazing thing. It is amazing. And this guy never said one, one word of thanks to God for putting that all together, for doing all that. That was a mistake. Again, indication of poor training. That, that guy's dad, who probably taught him how to be a farmer, because his dad was probably a farmer too, that guy's dad should have been, by example, every day showing that boy what God was doing on the farm. God does a lot of stuff on a farm. He does a lot of stuff in your job. He does a lot of stuff in your house. He does a lot of stuff in your yard. He does a lot of stuff in your family. Your kids better be hearing something from you, dads. They better be hearing you regularly thanking God for all the blessings that that he's pouring out into your lives. Teach them about eternity. And part of that is teaching them about the creator and sustainer of this world and and the worthiness that he holds for all the things that he's doing and for the wonderful God that he is. This guy was missing that. That was the foundation of his problem here. But again, there's nothing wrong with being a successful farmer. There's nothing wrong with having a good year. His next problem wasn't just that he, that he didn't thank God. He also didn't process what to do with this great success very well. Do you notice that everything in his conversation was about I, 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 me, 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 mine, 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 everything. Completely opposite of how God created us. God created us for community, for caring about each other, for caring about family, for caring about the needy around us. He, he made us like that. Somebody forgot to train this guy about that. This guy only thought about it. It, sound, it almost sounds like this guy grew up in our era. When, when we teach our kids only to think about themselves. Only to care about themselves. Focus on yourself. And build up their self-esteem. We need to do that in the right way. But not to center everything on them. This guy's purpose for living was faulty. It's all about him. There were some great things he could have, and, and building new barns and storing stuff. That there's nothing wrong with that. But what his intent to do with all that stuff would all related to him. There's something wrong with that. And, and we can we can think of all different kinds of things that he could have done with that great crop. And it was still would have included taking care of him and his family too. But it could, it could have been done some wonderful things with all that with all those crops that he didn't need that others could have benefited from. Lots of things. And, we, you know, you can take some time and dream about that. But that's what a, a dad should be teaching his kids. How to, how to use 
the great things that God gives you on those years, on those occasions, when he pours out blessings on you. How do you use that? What do you do with that? Do you just hoard it and keep it for yourself? Or do you do something for the glory of God with it? And there's a lot, I mean, for the glory of God, he could have done so many different things. There wasn't any one right thing he should do with that crop. But if he was thinking about the glory of God and using his resources and the success that God gave him, if he was thinking about the glory of God, just think of how this story would have been so different. Dads, this is important. This is urgent. And some of you are thinking, oh man, I wish I would have done this earlier. My kid's 62. Don't let that stop you. If, if, you're, if you have a 62-year-old child that you never said anything to about eternity, you got something to do this afternoon. Get on the phone. If they're, if they're not around, say, son, daughter, I failed to mention something to you. Should have talked about this a long time ago and a lot of it. Don't stop. Don't, don't quit just because you started late. Wherever you are right now in the, in the upbringing and raising and training of your children, make sure that you start including training for eternity in that. And I'm not just speaking of them receiving the Lord Jesus Christ. And I hate to even use that word to get just speaking about receiving Jesus Christ. I mean, that's a lot. That's not a just thing. But I'm talking about even more than that. We want our children to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's part of this training for eternity, but it's only part of it. It's their growth in the Lord Jesus Christ as well that's critically important for you dads to be involved in their training. So some of these very practical matters like this guy was facing could have been, could have been dealt with as, the, as, those, as he was being raised by his dad. As his dad was looking for creative ways to use the resources that God had given him to honor him, to honor God, instead of just thinking about himself. That's a, that's a lifelong of discipleship, teaching our children what's important by the way that we use our stuff and do our things, live our lives. This is, this is urgent. First of all, they need to know Jesus as their Savior, and you get to teach them about that. But they also need to, to recognize that they need to live their lives for the glory of God. And the way that we live our lives for the glory of God is going to have an impact on our eternity. First of all, the major impact is if our children receive the Lord Jesus Christ, as we prayed, prayed for Ben this morning, Ben Ely. We pray, Lord, as soon as he knows he needs a Savior. And, and, and I'm telling you, a boy with an older sister should come to realize that very, at a very, very young age. Okay? That, that should be happening any day now. Okay? Because that boy is going to sin a lot. He already has, I'm sure. But he's got a lot more... And and the moment he realizes that, we pray that he's going to think of what Matt and Nicole and Nora too, and us, what what they've told him, what we've told him about Jesus. 
So, and, and so even as a young child, when he receives Jesus, when he recognizes, yes, Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose again from the grave so that I can have eternal life. I believe that you forgive everybody who calls on you. The moment, the moment little Ben does that, then he is going to have an eternal home in glory. And everything else that he does in this life is going to impact in some way that eternal experience. This guy didn't know that. He was only thinking about here. He was only thinking about now. He was only thinking about his future on this planet. He wasn't thinking about how what he was doing or not doing was impacting that eternity. Now, we have no indication here that this guy, because he even had no recognition of God in the story, probably not a believer. I say probably because we don't know that. So again, it's, it's, a, it's a story. It's a, it's a fictitious story. But I want to tell you something. There are people who have put their trust in Jesus and then they live their lives for themselves instead of for the glory of God. A lot of people do that. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 refers to them as carnal Christians. People who are more concerned about fleshly things, earthly, temporary things, than they are about eternal things. And they are going to miss out, according to that passage in 1 Corinthians 13, we're not going to look at it specifically right now, but they're going to miss out on some wonderful rewards that God has for them, had planned for them. For all, to give them for, for all eternity, for living their lives in this world for his glory. Paul says they're going to be saved, but as through fire. And he says that because all their stuff, this guy, remember his stuff? Remember what God asked him? Who's going to get to enjoy all that stuff? Well, it's not you, because you're gone now. You're out of there now. But if he'd have lived his life for the glory of God, when he got to see God, God would say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into my rest. And here's the rewards that I have for you to enjoy for all eternity as you continue to serve me and honor me with your life. What a, what a moment that would be instead of, you fool. That's strong language. Most people who, who don't know anything about the Bible and they hear about Jesus, they, don't know that, they didn't know that Jesus used that kind of language. There's this, there's this false idea of who Jesus is out in this world. People don't look at, don't, people don't read what he says. But he knows there's coming a day when a lot of people are going to hear that message from God. You fool. Dads, let's commit ourselves today to train our kids about that moment. Not only that moment when we're, when we're welcomed into glory because we've received Jesus Christ, but also that moment when God at the judgment seat of Christ gives us the rewards that he has planned and prepared for us for our service of Christ while in this body. Let's make sure our kids know about that stuff. Let's make sure our kids know that what they do today impacts eternity. Not only their eternity in regard to the rewards that God is going to give them, but also other people who are watching them or are associated with them. This guy might have had kids too. The grandkids of the bad dad. 
And this guy was probably a bad dad too. His kids probably didn't know anything about eternity either. Let's commit ourselves to training our kids about eternity. I'm so proud of my son, William. He was playing the guitar over here this morning and singing. And he's training his daughter about eternity. And he was so pumped up a couple weeks ago. She was explaining the gospel to him. I mean, it's so cool to hear a four-year-old explain the gospel, how Jesus died on the cross for his sins, and he rose again, and he's coming back with Michael Jackson. (laughs) He was so, you know. Praise God that she's learning about this stuff before she gets it. She's going to get it. She's going to get it soon. Praise God, she's learning about it. He's doing his job. We got to do our job. Train your kids about eternity. Train your kids about this world and its value. Train your kids about how to use this world and and and, and its value for eternity instead of for nothing, instead of for fire. Train your kids to be rich toward God, not bankrupt like this guy was. This rich guy was absolutely bankrupt. He had nothing, zero. He was rich. He had every opportunity. He did nothing for eternity. He ended up with nothing but judgment. And in his case, because he probably didn't know the Lord, eternal judgment. It's urgent. It's critical. And obviously, this isn't just for dads. This is for all of us. This this is our story. Every one of us is going to have that moment when we are going to stand before God, and he's either going to say, you fool, or well done my good and faithful servant. Or, there, like, like we said from 1 Corinthians 3, there, there's that, that guy or woman or person who's going to be saved as through fire. We don't want that either, but at least that person was trained about salvation in Christ. But don't let it stop there. You want the most for your kids. You have them here this morning, a lot of you, living proof of that. You educate them, prepare them, prepare them, prepare them, teach them about eternity. Let's bow together for prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for Jesus, our Savior, our teacher, our parable giver. We thank you that he came to offer life, and he will come again to judge. And so we thank you for what we, what we get to do before that judgment takes place. And we have today. We don't know about tomorrow. We don't know about tonight, but we have today. And so help us to use it well. If we haven't received Jesus, Father, give us the courage and the faith 
to put our trust in him and him alone. Recognizing that he's the only one that can save us. We can't save ourselves. Recognizing that all the money that we make and all the reputation that we might gain in this world will get us nothing in eternity. That eternity only belongs to those who have received Jesus. And then the only ones who are rewarded in eternity are those who serve him. So give us the courage and faith to do that if we haven't done that. And Father, give these earthly dads wisdom and motivation and courage and stamina to do this hard work for the rest of their lives. And Father, for those of us who aren't dads, Help us to look at this for ourselves, but also to pray for those who are and to help them all we can because every dad needs help in this. We pray that all of us would work together to teach our kids about eternity and to live our lives with the knowledge that we have about eternity. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.